0: Oh, man. I kind of want to sit in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> but I always, I always like doing it, so. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. Yeah. You ready? Yep. Okay. Do, yeah. do we need to test levels at all, well, or is that already? I can go. Through. I can hear you see those black bars? Yeah. Those are the levels. So as long as you're getting uh, middle and up, you're good. Right. Okay. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that is always eager to mow the lawn in hopes of finding hearts and rubies. My name is Drew, I'll be your host for the evening, along with me as always is my brother Peter. Hey, how's it going? Hey, welcome back. Yeah, thanks. What happened last (laughs) week? Um, I honestly can't remember. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. That's fine. You put me on the spot there, (laughs) I haven't been thinking about it, but I remembered I wasn't able to... I think my wife had some commitment. It was like the the text you said... The text you gave me was... It was very like... I totally forgot to tell you about this. It's a snafu. My bad. Yeah. Like... And I was like, okay, (laughs) no big deal. And... and, But anyway, my friend Adam came on. We had a good time talking. Uh, That's awesome. I, I can't give... Like, I can't remember the specific reason which makes this very, very bad for radio, but my uh lesson for that would just be you can't live in the past gotta keep looking forward it doesn't matter why i was here last week well what i thought what i thought was interesting was because adam and i met in college i honestly was concerned that for our listeners that him and i would go off on tangents and references and go on to like our own little inside jokes and Mm-hmm. we would have a good time with it about our listeners would have been like what are <laughs> you guys talking about Yeah, and bizarrely we stayed very on point and just talked mm-hmm. and it was kind of cool and I think all those references and jokes and all that stuff happen when there's large groups of people but when it's just yeah. the two of us, we kind of focus more. I, um, I have listened to certain podcasts that reference inside jokes and never explain them, and right. it's really frustrating. Well, so. right. I was, just, I was worried we were going to do that, and I was like, you know what? It's my show. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. But we didn't do that. We stayed really on point. Um Anyway, since you weren't here last week, uh, what are we watching, man? What are we reading? Yeah, I feel like I've watched a bunch of stuff. There's only a couple things that I enjoyed enough that I want to talk about. But the first one and the big one that I was pretty excited about was uh, I finally got to see Brightburn. Oh, I uh, red boxed yeah, it. And? <laughs> it is interesting. It is... So James Gunn went and he made a movie that basically takes place in the DC universe without saying that it does. But it's like one of those things where you watch the movie and it's like you can't say that this is not in the DC universe. And well, that's like what I get very, that's what I get from the trailer. Yeah, and so. it's a, it's a very weird like alternate version of Superman, but then you can still watch it and think like, well, is this Superman or is this just a different alien sure, that sure. crashed on yeah. earth? But uh it's it's just really interesting. Like it's a pretty solid horror film. It's a really it's a really unique film. I felt because the villain of the film is kind of the main character. I didn't feel super scared during it, but I was definitely engaged the whole way through. Oh, and that's, uh, that's interesting. The way it's shot is there are definitely scenes and there's definitely parts that are very influenced by Man of Steel. And I know a lot of people were worried that the movie was going to be like a... I guess... To a movie made to criticize Man of Steel you know like it was going to be a harsh satire to Man of Steel but the thing is uh from what I understand James Gunn and Zack Snyder are actually decent friends like they work together yeah. on the Dawn of the Dead remake and uh By the, I love the Dawn of the Dead remake. yeah that is one of my all-time favorite zombie films oh yeah I, for I, sure it's, it's fantastic great. yeah and I uh, prefer that over the original, yeah. actually. And I I don't know if that's sacrilege or not, but that Dawn of the um, Dead remake is so good. Man. I I hear like mixed reviews. Like half the people I talk to like the original better. Half of them like the new new one better. But uh, yeah. From what I ever understand is since they've worked on that film, uh, James Gunn and Zack Snyder have kept in touch. I don't think they've worked together again. But from what I understand is they're actual friends or they're still friends and. Uh, Watching Brightburn, I did get the feeling that James Gunn was more inspired by Man of Steel, like it's almost like a horror homage to the movie, as right. opposed to like a critical satire of it, which is pretty cool. Um, and you can kind of look at it in, in the way of like James Gunn going like, "Oh, people think Man of Steel's dark. I'll show them what really <laughs> what dark, well, you know, what's really dark." <laughs> but uh, as the movie, and Man the, of Steel's not dark. <laughs> yeah. For. Um, The last thing I will say about it, though, is there as the movie goes on, there are some Easter eggs in there. And when I say like this movie takes place in the DC Universe, it essentially does or like an alternate version of the DC Universe. But like I said, they don't say it. It's never explicitly said that it is, but... It totally is, and it's really interesting for those reasons. So, Ooh. yeah, I, I think you'll you'll definitely. It makes enjoy me really want to watch it now, like mm-hmm. just because you said that. Because yeah, it clearly looks like the alternate version of Superman, or like the what yeah. if Superman yeah. tale, basically. Without saying it, they're just like, we're gonna make this movie because why not? Yeah, and um, and there's there's cool things. There's like uh, certain aspects of it that kind of work i don't want to say i don't want to say too much but they do have certain aspects of it that work the same way that like I, it's so hard to explain but there's things that happen that would happen the same way in a superman movie but it's just like they don't explicitly name things or say things a certain way so it's really interesting sure. in that way um otherwise That's cool. yeah otherwise i was telling uh your son was just in here watching like a some Titanic video on YouTube, and I was laughing because uh, at work today we watched uh, uh, the we watched the movie Titanic because uh, it's one of my coworkers' favorite movies. So she put it on and we watched it through. And then uh, halfway through, I started telling them about Thumb Titanic. If you remember that classic, yeah, actually, the old like Steve Odekirk thumb uh, because, movies. Like, because the kid has been. He's, for some reason, all obsessed with Titanic all mm-hmm. of a sudden. And he's been watching all these videos and, like, looking at books and stuff, which is cool because he's, like, learning stuff. Yeah. So I showed him Thumbtanic. That does not hold up. He didn't like it? He, or... First off, he didn't like it, for one. He wow. laughed at a couple things, but he didn't like it. I, on the other hand... Laughed at all the stuff that I normally laughed at, but it does not hold up. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, well, I watched it. At, so I put it on at work. While I remember we were just it being way better. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought it held up as best as it could. Like, there's a couple jokes that I think are just like more on the offensive side, especially with oh, yeah. it being at 2019. But for the most part, I thought it, I was still cracking up, but. uh. The part that really, like, my co- co-workers loved was the uh, Celine Dion parody in the middle of it. And, like, oh, right. the whole, like, romantic montage in Thumbtanic, they all thought was hilarious. So that was actually probably the biggest part of the mo- or of the short film that they actually paid attention to, <laughs> to be honest. But, yeah. So that happened. And then I found a YouTube playlist that had all of the Thumb films. So I just put that on, and that was actually, like pretty shortly before I left and there's some people who stay at my job after me so now they're probably just stuck there watching thumb <laughs> so movies you're gonna, still, So you're gonna but... have to work tomorrow and be like what the, like, <laughs> get, like what did you leave for us? Pretty much. Um, anything else? Uh, that's probably the big one <laughs> to be right. honest. I mostly wanted to talk about Brightburn though so. That's fair. So um, I last week uh, Adam and I talked about the uh, when he was here we talked about the Emmys we're on Okay. Um. I don't know if like did, I don't know if you watched any of those and whatnot. I there was some praise to like Game of Thrones had a really big you know nice I moment paid and, attention to the results a little bit. Yeah, but like Game of Thrones closely. got less drama and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But the one that kind of shocked everybody because I was like expecting Veep or um I was expecting Veep or uh Maisel to take comedy and it didn't. Um, yeah. it went to the show Fleabag <laughs> and I'm like I don't even really know what Fleabag is. It's an Amazon show, but I didn't really know what it was. Um, so I've actually gone... Um, the only thing I have watched prior to us recording tonight is the first two episodes of Fleabang. And okay. And it's so amazing. Like, it's absolutely great. Um, I can't wait to finish watching it, but the um, the writing is just unbelievably incredible. Uh, the acting's amazing. And then I totally understand why it won the award just from those two episodes. Oh, cool. Uh, and the, all the writing awards that they won and stuff like that, just yeah. fantastic. Uh, the main character, she does this great fourth wall break. Which is really cool, so she talks to the camera a lot. Okay, nice. And then there's these funny bits where she'll be, like, describing, like, how the guy is acting around her. And she'll be like, but I looked at him and said, and then she'll say her lines. And then yeah. she'll look at the camera and go, and then he said, and then he'll say his <laughs> lines. <laughs> nice. It's really kind of funny when you see, like, the perspective of things. And, you know, someone will, like, it. it she talks to the camera so much that, like, a person will have a line of dialogue that she doesn't necessarily agree with, and instead of making the face, she makes the face to the camera. And, nice. Like, you know what she's thinking at all times. Okay, that's Very awesome. Very cool. Um, I have heard a little bit about this show. I actually have a co-worker who uh, praises the show pretty highly. Like, I haven't heard... Anybody I know who's watched it has said good things, basically. So I'm definitely interested in this one. I know it's a... Um... British series, right? And yeah. it's pretty short from what I've heard, so it sounds like it's a good thing that if you want to just binge through, it'd be pretty easy to catch up on. So. Yeah, I just I only watched the first two because I was exhausted that night. <laughs> right. Um, however, um, this weekend, um, this is a big weekend for stuff, so I'm going to have a lot of things to talk about next weekend. So, for example, all the CW shows start, um, by the way, when I say it's this weekend, we're recording, it's October 3rd. So... That means this weekend is the release of the Joker film, yeah. which I'm going on Sunday. I have my tickets already, so I'll be there on Sunday. I can't wait to discuss. The scene, I'm, I'm going to do my best to see it this weekend, too. The CW well. shows start this week, uh, so like Supergirl and Batwoman starts. I'll have a review on Batwoman, which is going to be great. I can't, yeah. That's on Sunday. So on Sunday, I'm going to go see the Joker, and then I'm going to come home and be like on this DC kick from the Joker movie, and then I'm going to watch Supergirl and Batwoman. Nice. Like, it just... I didn't plan that out, but it was like, oh, yeah, that's the same day. This is fantastic. Yeah, that's the best. Um, The other thing that's happening this weekend is it is uh, the start of Star Wars Triple Force Friday. Yeah. So, Force Friday... (laughs) I vaguely know what this is, (laughs) Okay, so... Basically, back in the day, when a Star Wars movie would release, they would pick one day out of the year prior to the movie's release to release all of the merchandise yeah. whether that be toys well, like I, action I, figures and stuff but all I the merchandise at, uh, for the film I used to work retail so I definitely know right. about Force Friday <laughs> <but> <laughs> right so every, like all the Star Wars toys release all together on a specific day that's when they choose and then all the collectors start their toy hunt so and during the prequel era I didn't really jump on the Force Friday bandwagons as much like, I checked things out, but I didn't really, like, ooh, I have to go do that. Yeah. I was in college at the time. I didn't really have the ability to do that. Didn't have a lot of money. Now I'm an adult. hmm I can go out and buy toys if I want to buy toys. So <laughs> I've been, like, so every time and in the collecting world, Star Wars is one of the few areas that I actually still, like, heavily collect. Like, in terms of toys. I don't really collect other things. Toy-wise? Like, yeah. I collect movies, I collect books, I collect comics. But when it comes to, like, toys, Star Wars is the only area. That's what I'm saying. Right on, yeah. So, it's Force Friday. I've been hitting, like, every film that's released since the Disney acquisition, I've gone out hunting on Force Friday. So, tomorrow is Force Friday. I'm going to go toy hunting. Cool. I'm excited. What's interesting about it is that they have, um, is that, uh... It's a triple. They're calling it Triple Force Friday. There's going to be three different Fridays this year that they're going to release three different waves of product, which is I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, one of which I don't remember the other. One of the dates I don't remember, but the other date is in November when um the Jedi Final Order video game releases. Okay. So if anyone was wondering about that release date, that's the other. That's one of the three Force Fridays, and so. I get to go toy hunting this weekend, so I'm gonna go toy hunting. Then I'm gonna see the Joker. Then I'm gonna watch the CW shows. Like, (laughs) it's yeah. It's it's a. I think it's kind of a cool loaded weekend, I guess you could say. That's pretty great. I'm. I did want to say like so, Joker wise, I'm like, so I wasn't. I was. I was kind of on the fence about this movie, but I think I'm just really looking forward to it because I don't know. I just don't know what to expect, and like I feel like a lot of DC movies are that way where you don't necessarily know what you're getting when you're going in. And for me, I think that's like... I love that. Like, I'm going in. I don't know if... Is this movie going to be good bad? Is it going to be intense? Is it going to be funny? And it's kind of exciting to me. Like, it feels like... I don't know. It just... I feel like nowadays a lot of movie franchises, you go in and you just know exactly what's what you're going to get. And so when you're like sprung for a loop, it's really exciting. But uh, related to that, one thing one of my friends pointed out was this movie is unique for a comic book film because the main the main character is the villain, essentially. And we were trying to think of other like, superhero but he's movies. Also, he also apparently looks to be the only like character in the movie. Right, like... From like any comics or anything, right? Like I, mean, I know, Tom, I know, like Thomas Wayne's in the movie. <clears throat> okay, because yeah. he, because he's in the trailer only. I don't, we don't. Other than that, we don't know who else is in the movie. Yeah. You know? So, um, but I don't, I don't know. It's just kind of a crazy take. And I was trying to think of other superhero movies that are like that, where the main character is the villain and Aside uh, from suicide squad. Well, Suicide Squad it's like the villains are forced yeah, to be the heroes, yeah, you know. That's okay. And uh the only one I could think of was Brightburn actually. <laughs> so well, well, um, maybe Spawn? Yeah, um kind of, but he's still technically the hero. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean, we'll see when the once the new Spawn comes comes out if that ever happens. So yeah. by the way, um th- so Joker is very uh it's, it's meant to be its own thing. It's meant to be a standalone movie by itself. It is meant to um, focus specifically on the Joker and not follow necessarily comic stuff. It's basically Todd Phillips was like, look, I have a really cool take on this yeah. character that I want to do, whatever. Because I read comics, I think he drew some inspiration from two things in comic book history in terms of the Joker. I think he drew some inspiration from, in my opinion, the killing joke. Mm-hmm and then I think there's one... I'm curious what the other one is, to be honest. There's one scene in the trailer that makes me think there is inspiration drawn from The Dark Knight Returns. Okay. And if he drew any inspiration from The Dark Knight Returns, and he follows any of that that's happened... Holy crap, is that amazing! Yeah. I will not say what it is because A, I don't want to spoil The Dark Knight Returns, and B, if I'm right, I just blew that whole section of the movie. Right. <laughs> so, without seeing the movie. Well, I'm just glad finally we're gonna have a Batman movie that draws influence from The Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, that's, oh, a, that's a weird that's... dig. <laughs> um, there's a, there's another thing that I just think is funny about the Joker is that uh, there's like these TV spots I keep seeing where it's just the Joker the Joker like dancing down a stairway. Yeah, and there's it's like, like 50 different cuts, but it's him dancing down the stairs. I have this feeling that most of the tv spots are showing what they show because they literally can't show anything else on television (laughs) because i keep seeing this this scene and i'm like in the movie is there like a five minute scene where he just dances down a stairway like is that a thing right i just have a feeling there's so much that they can't show because of how disturbing it is and because it's disturbing i have this for you uh there's a podcast i listen to called the history of batman I don't listen to it super regularly. I mm-hmm. kind of pick and choose episodes to listen to because sometimes they bring in some good interviews, but a lot of times they're, they'll bring in people I've heard many times talk about Batman. So if it's an interview, I'm just like, I've heard him talk many times about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So anyway, but they released this thing. It's a parental warning. It says parental warning. This is not a joke. Joker is rated R and for good reason. There are lots of very, very rough language, brutal violence, and overall bad vibes. It's a it's a gritty dark it's gritty dark and realistic. Taxi driver esque depiction of one's man's descent into madness. It is not for kids. They won't like it anyway. There's no Batman. The, I think the basically the reason they posted that was because um they don't want like you don't want to be taking your kid to see this movie. You know what I mean? Like, this is not for... This is not for children. I mean, it's kind Um, of good that they posted that. And I kind of think... I keep hearing people, like, this warning go around. Like, don't bring your kids to this movie. And I feel like that's a good thing. Because, like, I feel like parents should know not to bring their kid to the movie. But... I don't know. I think it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Like we do have ratings for a reason. So like, if there's yeah, a superhero yeah. movie that's like rated R, like I'm not gonna bring my kid to see that movie regardless, you know. But I guess people just say like, oh, it's the Joker. Of course, we're all gonna love it and just bring the kid along. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, since we're on DC, real quick, um, we've been talking a lot about the CW crossover news, um, and I don't want to like. I feel like there's so much and it's just constant this person's in it this person's in it this person's in it I'm only bringing this up because of a shocking reveal that I didn't expect to have happen in terms of the crossovers and people they're pulling out from the DC under yeah. the DC Woodwork, but Ashley Scott yeah. from Birds from the Birds of Prey television <laughs> show thought... that happened is coming back. To yeah, play I saw somebody talking about that on Twitter. I uh, thought it was pretty amusing. I thought that was pretty cool that that's happening, and I know this is an audio show, so uh, the fans cannot see it. Um, but uh, if you Google it at all, the pictures are out there. They have a picture of Brandon Ralph in the kingdom come superman outfit oh yeah um i didn't know if you had seen this i wanted Mm -hmm. to show it to you um i'm like when i saw it i'm like i gotta save that shot so i can show peter and yeah yeah i i've I've seen that like all over the place but uh no i think it looks really cool i uh they kind of have a bit of a man of steel thing going on as far as like the texture of the suit but um yeah i mean it's just it's cool to see brandon routh still in the suit and uh It's definitely Kingdom Come come Superman, and uh, it's definitely, uh, he's got like a bit of like the gray hair going and stuff like that, but I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, I just think it looks great. I just didn't know, like, I just didn't know if you'd seen it, and because between the two of us, you're the much bigger Superman guy than I am, Yeah. Um, I'm like, let's see what you gotta say, Um, but no, it looks great, I'm I'm so excited for what they're about to do with it. so. So I just looked something up, too, because we were talking about Ashley Scott and Birds of Prey, and... That show premiered and I think uh, ceased to exist back in two thousand two. And sure. there's a good chance that a lot of people who are gonna watch these this crossover don't even know that's a thing and were born after the show, st- like that show I know. was a thing. <laughs> so I know. But hey, it's uh, <coughs> mm-hmm. um the uh, so let's talk real quick about um, uh, we'll jump on a little more DC news. Uh, the Batman with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Looking like it's shaping up to be a trilogy. Okay, nice. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, no, I mean, I didn't see any specific reports. Certain, sometimes I see things like that and they don't seem that, like, super surprising to me. So I kind of just like... Uh, yeah, so Matt Reeves is developing The Batman as the start of a trilogy with the option to continue beyond the three films. Nice. So, cool. We, look, I just want more Batman and I feel like he's been... I feel like he disappeared for a while. Like the way I, the reason I said it's kind of like they decided to do this Affleck thing. They did the Ben Affleck Batman, yeah, and we got Justice League, and then. Warner Brothers is like we don't know what to do with Batman. Yeah, that's So like, what are we going to do? True. We're going to basically go do Birds of Prey in Gotham City without Batman. We're going to do Suicide Squad without Batman. Well, they kind of did Suicide Squad with Batman, but not really. Yeah. Then they're going to do all this Arrowverse stuff without Batman. They're going to acknowledge that he exists, but they're not going to show him. Then they're going to do the Batwoman show because we don't know what to do with Batman. Like it just feel and then with all the casting stuff, it's like and then they did Gotham technically without Batman. Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like give me the batman you know that's i just think (laughs) there's a lot of we don't know what to do with the character, so we're gonna skirt around as much as possible yeah while we build this other stuff and i'm just really excited to get that back in the form no it's it's cool too because i think um like rob pattinson is uh he's young enough that i could see him playing the character for a long time and he's like He's, like, super famous actor, but I feel like he's not Ben Affleck level in that he is the kind of guy who... He's mostly done, like, a lot of indie films and stuff lately, and maybe this is, like, going to be his, like, big role that'll stay in for a while, you know? Yeah. And I haven't seen a movie with him for a long time. I've heard really good things about most of the movies he's been in lately, but... Yeah. I mean, yeah. Post-Twilight. Yeah, exactly, games. yeah. Um, so... Since we're on Batman, um, and Batwoman starts this weekend, like I said, um, actor Gabriel Mann is joining the uh, cast of Batwoman. I don't really know him that well, but he's going to be playing the character Thomas Elliot. Now, if you read comic books, you'll know that Thomas Elliot is actually the villain Hush. Mm. Now, here's something I'm interested in, is that Batwoman takes place um, post a disappearance of Batman like it's in the synopsis of the show that Batman has disappeared and so it comes after the Justice League movie
1: no <laughs> actually
0: just gone based on actually based on the, the dialogue book. in the trailer for uh, in the promos and stuff for uh, Batwoman I think and if you and if you really pay attention this is this is that thing where if you read comic books yeah there was an event called Infinite Crisis which is different than Crisis on Infinite Earths this is Infinite Crisis after that event, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman all disappeared from the face of DC Comics for one year. And then all the comic books started up one year later. So it was like Infinite Crisis ended, and the next week you went to the comic book store, all of them had a marking of one year later. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, everyone's back. Yeah. Well, what happened in the missing year? Well, that's 52 weeks. They did this arc called yeah, 52. 52 yeah. And during that arc is when Batwoman appeared on the scene and kind of took over in Gotham City because in the trailer for Batwoman they say Batman mysteriously disappeared blah 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 and all this stuff's going on I have a feeling the Batwoman centric story that they're going to tell or at least the origin part of the story is going to take place in that 52 yeah, slot. That's cool. Yeah. or at least that's what I think because no, eventually makes absolute, absolute right. sense and then maybe you actually get to having Batman on the show later and that kind of thing like who knows Yeah. because it's kind of like Supergirl eventually had to have Superman on the show We're going to get to the point where they might have to have Batman on the small screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for be, sure. Right. Nice. Um, so that was my thinking. So, because Thomas Elliot is a part of that. And maybe eventually we can get a crossover with three Batman in it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm cool with Thomas Elliot being in the show because maybe he'll play Hush. Because yeah. at that time in comics, he Hush existed. And seeing a live-action version of Hush would be amazing. It doesn't matter if he's fighting Batman or somebody else. Hush is a cool villain. Let's see it. Right on. So... Um, okay, you want to jump gears to Marvel for a minute? Okay. Okay. Great news, everybody. And by the time <laughs> this podcast released, the internet has probably scoured through this already. But, Spider-Man is back in the MCU. You hear about this? <laughs> so I hear. Yeah. Um, I know a little bit about it. Yeah, so they've, uh, they're announced that, Sony and Marvel Studios have announced that they will co-produce a third film in the MCU franchise. Um... Here is the because that's what I thought I heard is he's back for a film, he's back for a movie. Yes. So let me break this down. So Tom Holland actually contacted CEO Bob Iger and Sony's uh, chairman Tom Rothman on his own. Yeah. To talk to them about doing the third Spider-Man film. Now I think what happened is Tom Holland. This is my this is speculation because of just reports, and I'm like I think this is what's going on. So Tom Holland basically said. I'm still Spider-Man for another movie, per my contract. And then my contract's up for renegotiation, but Sony wants me to keep playing. Mm -hmm. But we started this thing with Marvel. So at the very least, let's do one more to kick me into the Sony Spider-Man verse. Well, all reports show that Kevin Feige is is going to basically write Spider-Man out of the MCU. So kind of do one more movie to close the door on their Spider-Man chapter, and then you're going to get all these Spider-Verse movies with... Sony, and mm-hmm. Tom Holland. So Tom Holland will still be Spider-Man, but that's what I think is going on. There's no like official reports, but if you follow the pieces along all the stuff we've been looking at, yeah. that's kind of where it looks like that's going to go. Okay. That'd yeah. be my guess. So, Marvel timeline update. <laughs> um, Marvel Phase 4 timeline update goes as follows. Black Widow is first, then the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show, The Eternals, Shang-Chi the movie... WandaVision the TV show, Loki the TV show, Doctor Strange, uh, 2 the movie, then Spider-Man, then the What If series, then the Hawkeye series, and then Thor. Cool. Thor 4, I guess. Yeah. But so Spider-Man's love, love but Spider-Man slides in right after Doctor Strange. Okay. So, nice. I mean, I think that's cool. That's I mean, a quick, that's wait, a quick timeline update. I just thought we I... want, we all want to see more Spider-Man in the MCU. I think that's a pretty cool update. There's actually something really funny is when you said Tom Holland. For some reason, I was thinking Tom Hardy, like oh. Venom, and I was like, wait, Venom's trying to get in that? No, MCU. but Tom Holland, and Tom like, Hardy. because are... cause you're saying Tom Ho- Holland uh, contacted Bob Iger, etc. <laughs> and I was thinking it was Tom Hardy, and I was like, so is this confirmation that Venom is going to be in Spider-Man Three? Or sure. Because it worked out the first time they did the third Spider-Man movie, but... Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then we have a... uh, Sony uh, uh, released the news that they are set to work on a Madam Web movie for the Spider-Man... Spider Man universe that they're creating. Yeah, it's just Sony doing their Spider Man universe. Thing. Yeah, I know. And I was like, Okay, well Spider Man news, here we go. Yeah. Um I, I have no idea, like I don't know anything about Madam Webb. I'm assuming it's some female version of spider-man i don't know if it's a hero or i don't a know much about or... it too and my marvel encyclopedia is in the other room otherwise i'd quickly <laughs> look that up and we would right have on. a conversation so um, i'm probably going to go look it up kind of like when i didn't know who i didn't really know who chang chi was i went and looked that up or i yeah. didn't really know much what the turn on. so i'll probably go look up madame webb here in a little bit and i chose to stay in blissful ignorance <laughs> <laughs> right. i'll probably just read a quick like oh that's who madame webb is that's right but, yeah you know and kind of do my thing um so uh, I finished Stranger Things. Nice. What do you think? I did not get a chance to talk to you about this because you were out. Oh, okay. Um, I really, really liked it. Um, I know they said four seasons, but I feel like if for some reason they couldn't do a fourth season, um, it ended pretty closed door kind of thing. Interesting, because um, like, okay. So I did feel third, that the third season I thought had the most of a like more of a cliffhanger than the first oh, two. I felt this one was well. The cliffhanger cliffhanger at the end, like, yeah. after everyone, after all the stuff is done, sure. Okay, I guess, yeah, I guess I can but see what you're saying. But everything else was very, like, shut the door on everything. Yeah, that, that is very true. Okay, um, you got a good point there. Steve has become one of my favorite characters on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of bummed that him and Robin aren't going to be a thing. I was kind of hoping that was a thing, and then <laughs> yeah. they, they kind of closed the door on my thoughts on that. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um the uh, the one criticism I have of this season is that I didn't really like the creature so much. Interesting. I okay. liked the creature all the way up until the end because it was scary. It was creepy. I didn't really know what it was. And then when you finally got to the end, when it's the big, big creature, look, in the first, and I was talking to Adam about this last week, so listeners, I'm sorry, I'm kind of repeating myself, but you had Demogorgon in the first season. Yeah just the one and then you have the demodogs which you have multiples but you yeah can, but you can only go bigger so they went bigger like physically yeah so like it was really i thought it was crazy all the way up to the you, when you because in the final battle you're like all right yeah, <laughs> you know what true, i mean yeah. it's not like it was it just seemed all right <laughs> i mean yeah there's something like, about having it like i feel like the smaller it is the scarier it is because you can't like it's it was so big it would like it didn't scare me like the creature I just didn't scare. I think me. once you have like a like the creature like fully manifested, in spoiler alert for Stranger Things season three, but in the mall like and there's that yeah. huge like battle sequence. I think once you have it there, there's a lot of mystery that's gone with it. Where yes. up until that point, you had no idea what was going on. It, this was like a creature made out of different creatures melting together and stuff and you're just like trying to figure it out and i think like uh the smoke well not the smoke monster but you know what i mean the uh, what's the main villain season 2 like what would you call that i guess it's oh. the same well, it's monster the, well, it's technically the shadow. it's the shadow it's the mind the well, it's the mind but, flare yeah the mind flare that's per- yeah perfect uh th- in the second season the mind flare was very mysterious i think and so yes. even though it was big there was still so much mystery it was there's a scariness really, to it because you didn't, of that you didn't interact with the mind flayer the way you interacted with this one yeah so um but yeah no overall i really liked it um the reason i bring up stranger things is because aside from me finishing the series and i have to look at this thing oh no it's gonna turn okay it's weird so there, i just thought this was funny it was an ad for stranger things 4 but is that all the I heard text that is written upside down. Stranger Things 4 was uh, confirmed? It's confirmed. And Netflix has officially announced Stranger Things 4 teasing. We're not in Hawkins anymore. Cool. So I don't know what that means. Do you think the whole thing, with saying that, do you think the majority of it will be in the upside down? Or do you think that the, um, uh, we're going to be, because Will and Eleven moved away. So do you think there'll be... Spoilers, will and Eleven
1: move away? I mean, I Um, already
0: said a spoiler warning. um, But but because of that, do you think they'll be in whatever town Eleven's in? Because Eleven is the most connected. Will and Eleven are the most connected. Or are they going to be in Russia? Or is it just a lot of characters are not in Hawkins anymore? Like Jonathan and Nancy, are they moved out of town, you know, and stuff like that? Like there's a a lot of characters who are going to be... You know, I could imagine Will and uh, you know Dustin Lucas. Like all the kids are probably going to be in high school, I would think still. But any of the older characters might just not be there anymore. So yeah. that's well, actually are, an interesting. They might not. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know. And no knowing uh, how they advertise for Stranger Things that sentence might mean something completely different and it might just be something that's related to wizard of oz somehow and it's something yeah. really cryptic that you have to figure out yeah. so yeah well we, we don't really know there were some interviews that were really cool um i don't when uh, stranger things season one released and the kids were being interviewed a lot of times they were asking them like how did you prepare for these roles and that kind of thing and like not knowing all the pop culture and that kind of thing did they ask you to watch or read anything and the kids were like oh they told us to watch all these different movies like watch this movie watch that movie like one of them said that they i think i want to say it was uh the the actor who plays dustin said that the directors had him watch the movie the shining over and over and over again and like they had like they had these actors watch different stuff like to prepare for what they're going to be getting into and um, which I thought was really interesting. I don't know what season the shining thing was for. I'm just saying that no, yeah, that's that's, 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 that's interesting, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> right. So, yeah, well, that's kind of it for the news, man. Like, in terms of stuff I was able to dig up, I feel like it's a slow news week, but mm-hmm. I might have a lot to talk about because we got Joker this weekend. Are you going to get yeah. a chance to see Joker this I'm weekend? I'm going to do my best, too, and okay. I'm really looking, the looking show? forward okay. to talking about this one. So If, if you don't, I'm going to have to do, like, a little thing after the show. Yeah, that's, that's like that, fine. Yes, yeah. I'm going to have to talk about it. I like, <laughs> don't have time to process it yeah. by then. So, um So yeah, you want to do the list? Sounds good, yeah. Awesome, sweet. So we are doing the list, everybody, so you know what that means. And now for the top five. All right. Um, Peter, this was your pick. Yes. And you were off, so I saved it. Um, So so do you want to kind of explain what we're doing? Yeah, so... um, Catch everyone back up. It's really... We live in a world that is vastly, vastly dominated by sequels, adaptations and reboots. And um, I just wanted to kind of take a different look at things and try to pick movies that started out not being any of those things. So we're looking for something that's not a reboot of something old, something that's not a sequel to something else or something that's really an original story, you know, as a film and not Based on a book, a video game, a TV show, whatever, and I thought we'd just run from it, run with it from there. Um, I mean, there's not much more to it. I originally wanted to do like one and done things, but last time I was on the show, we decided that would be very hard to do. So I kind of uh, we kind of went the other way with that one. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. I have five picks. I don't have any honorable mentions this week, unfortunately, but. Um, you have no honorable mentions. Good, I have one. Um, this was a. I found this list to be a little difficult, um, mm-hmm. only because my short list. I made a short list, and then I went and researched everything on my shortlist and had to just keep crossing off titles. Really? Yeah. Because okay. I kept finding based on a this or based on a yeah, that. and that's and it was what makes really it really difficult. Now, you said you wanted to stay away from franchises. Yes. There are two on my list that are franchises, but. You gotta understand. Oh, so I think we decided at the last week that we could do franchises, it's, but it's has you to, have to be the, to do first, the first one. one. And, and the yeah. reason I said, and the reason I wanted to bring that up is because there's one very specific one that I'm gonna wait till the end to talk about that is is probably the perfect example of this statement. But a lot of times, you get an original thing that hits the theater. It's an original piece, it's an original mm-hmm. story, not based on a book, movie, anything, and then it becomes this giant thing because everyone's like, I need more of that, Yeah. okay? Um, so I have two that became franchises on their own because of that statement alone, but the rest are all original pieces. Yeah. So yeah, I just had to keep crossing stuff off, and I was like, oh man, that, I can't believe like, and I got all excited when I saw one, and I was like, ooh, that's going to go on my list, and then I'm like, I can't put it on my list, this is stupid. Yeah. Um. So I just found this I just found this difficult to do original for film alone because of yeah. all the based on stuff. So <laughs> So my one honorable sure. mention, which I will which we've talked about before is Groundhog Day. Okay, nice. I did think I'm not like the biggest um like comedy like I like a good comedy every once in a while, but I'm like a, not a massive comedy movie fan, but when you go into comedies I do think it's a lot easier to find movies like this that are just like originally like made to be a film sort of thing and groundhog day that's a classic pick of course so i don't know if you had anything to say about your no mention we talked about it we talked about it when we did our time travel list i don't remember what episode that is so if you want go back we have an episode on time travel movies um it's just a really good movie it's super super well written and when i was thinking about originals i'm like it was such an original idea to do something like that Okay. And that's why I was like, it it was the issue of it being original that I'm like, man, this was a really good, it just didn't make my list. So, um, since you don't have any honorable mentions, that goes back to me. Yeah. So my first one then is E.T. Cool. Um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Sorry, I got distracted. No, yeah. I got distracted because I just got a text on my phone because Ryan just got out of Joker, apparently. Wow. Um, I didn't... Okay, yeah. He went and saw out, Joker yeah. at 4 o'clock, and the, my phone just bleeped, and his text is just... That. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so if you want to know what his text says, it's just the ha 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 ha, ha. It's just strings of it. So, um... I don't know if that means you thought the movie was funny, bad, good, whatever. I think it just confirms that there's subliminal messages in the movie, and we're going to walk out brainwashed. I, I, also think. <laughs> I also think it confirms that the movie has laughing in it. Uh, <laughs> with that being said, uh, no, E.T. is just a fantastic movie. Yeah, for sure. From the beginning to end. Spielberg did a great job putting it together, and there's some really cool documentaries about E.T. that um, you should go check out if you want to see some real cool, not necessarily behind the scenes, but how, behind how they came up with the story. Um and, like, so, for example, E.T.'s on my list, Spielberg film, Jaws was going to be on my list. But? It's based on a novel. <laughs> I never knew that, but it got, that's And crazy. I was like, because there's so much stuff about how the movie got put together and then having to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite because certain things weren't working. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, Jaws is totally an original piece. And then I'm like, nope, <laughs> it's not, because I thought the novel came yeah. later. Um, so, yeah, no, E.T., great movie yeah for Uh, sure i mean i i love that one did you ever hear about uh the sequel to et that they that was like in the works that that got made so i was reading this article about how they were gonna do a et sequel ryan sent me and it was uh, (laughs) it was gonna have something to do with all the kids from the first movie getting abducted by like a violent alien race that was gonna like experiment on them throughout the movie and then E.T. was going to basically bust into their uh, spaceship and basically kick all the bad aliens' butts and then save the kids (laughs) which sounds like the most bonkers thing ever so I always thought that was super amusing Um, but yeah, it's just something that never happened Um, unless you have more on E.T. I could move into my next uh, pick so my first pick I chose was uh, Evil Dead so the original right movie, on. it was made. Yeah. it was made just to be a movie uh, that shouldn't mine. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Sam <laughs> Raimi and his crew went in to make a movie that uh, they just were trying to make a brutal, like really intense horror film. And I think they were successful in a lot of ways, but in certain ways, like people ended up kind of finding the movie more humorous and stuff. And then that obviously spawned into Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness that are very Evil Dead too. thick and very and ridiculous. Evil Dead stuff. 2 is almost a remake of the original. Like oh, real yeah. Close yeah, to the definitely. Um, but I think, and I think personally I like the second two movies and then the Ash vs. Evil Dead show better than the first one but i still love i still enjoy the first one as a horror movie and i just like what it brought to the table after that evil dead 2 and army of darkness and that group of my favorite of the three movies and then yeah ash vs evil dead was just a great show so (laughs) but yeah no evil dead i totally understand and and, and it sparked sam raimi's career who's one of my favorite directors and also uh a lot of people don't realize that the uh and i i don't think i'm wrong about this like i don't sometimes i say things and i'm like is that right but i heard that uh The Coen brothers actually were like camera techs or something on the first Evil Dead film as well, which is kind of like a cool little known fact. So Um, I kind of want to look that up now. I I definitely heard that somewhere, so I hope I'm not wrong. (laughs) Oh, no, look it up. Uh, Do you you want me to do my next pick? Yeah, you You can go on Um, the next one. So my next one is The Usual Suspects. Have you seen this movie? I've never seen it. Um, I've um, heard good things. I'm. I'd have to look it up in terms of like awards because it was nominated for like best pictures and it was nominated for best actor and all that stuff. The movie is really, really cool, and the mystery behind the story and everything is absolutely just amazing. On top of that, but, um, and I'm. It's really like it's really difficult for me to talk about the movie without accidentally ruining. Yes, yeah, and I've heard that this is a movie that you can't have spoiled for. Right, you really can't. If you have it spoiled for you, it ruins (laughs) the movie, like, wholeheartedly ruins the movie. Yeah. But it was such a big talk the year that it came out. um, That's all anyone could talk about. This is one of those movies that... So, this came out when... The movie's rated R, I'm assuming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and this was like, I was too young to have seen the movie when it came out, and it's one of those things where... Once I was old enough there's just like no hype around the movie at all so I actually never saw it you know but you I love I love I would love to see it I think it's probably right up my alley I just need to actually sit down and watch it at some point Yeah you know? let me I'm gonna do Um shoot. by the way while you, while you're looking at whatever up I did look it up it's uh the Cohen brothers were editors on the first Evil Dead movie so and uh, there's actually certain camera angles and stuff that they reuse from the oh, Evil okay. Dead like in other movies of theirs and stuff which is pretty cool so i'm looking up usual suspects um because i want it not necessarily for like box office dollars and stuff it's a brian singer movie Um, i'm specifically looking up for uh awards um because that's really what um i didn't realize that was brian singer either yeah actor cinematographer where is the? It is rated R, but um, I'm not seeing the nominated for two awards, including two wins, '95, supporting actor Kevin Spacey, and original screenplay. So um, it won both. Total, it it nominated and won for both. But it's it's such a such a good movie. Um, so and the production budget was six million dollars. Wow. Yeah that's yeah. like unheard of now. well it's it's unheard of they i mean it was 95 but yeah yeah it's unheard of these days. <laughs> um so yeah the usual suspects everyone should see this movie really good but i can't say much more than go see the usual suspects right on so awesome um i guess that would lead into my next pick which is clerks Clerks. So this oh is another yeah one i don't know if we matched on this one i well, know tec- you like these you know movies what a lot. technically this is becomes a franchise
1: and yeah, I was, but it, And I was
0: thinking heavily about this. So, you were going for things that aren't franchises. I was trying to. So, okay. I was so, trying to, <laughs> and, then, and then I have two that became franchises, and I don't have a choice. We, no, you, you we, pro- we probably should have talked about it more since, but I know the last episode we left it as, like, you can choose franchises, it just has to be the first one, I know. and it can't be based on anything. I know. I was trying. But, um, <laughs> but no. Yeah. Talk about Clerks, I mean, and then I have a really cool thing. So go ahead. it's a it's a it's just a, another good film. Like I I love this movie. I love what it's done for movies because I really love the sort of like meta like a movie commenting on like other movies and other art forms is kind of like this really meta thing that people didn't used to do very much. But then Kevin Smith when he did Clerks, it kind of opened up everybody's eyes because people are like wait you can talk about Star Wars in a movie (laughs) like you can talk about a movie in a movie and it kind of opened up this big doorway that led to not only the other like Jay and Silent Bob movies but it led to movies like Scream and Fanboys and just like other movies that are about movies in a weird meta way and that's just kind of a really cool thing that it spawned but it really just came out of like Kevin Smith making a movie about his daily life and it wasn't based on anything per se besides his job and his friends that he had at the time and it's it's just a really cool unique thing that you know you know is out there so <laughs> there yeah, yeah. You go. <laughs> um no i was thinking about this the other day because i was listening to one of kevin smith's podcasts so kevin yeah. if you're listening please pay attention to this because i think this is really cool we're in a world where we're always wanting shared universes. Marvel doing their thing. Oh, the Marvel's doing great work with their big like twenty, what were twenty three films now. Mm-hmm. Um, shared universe. Clerks is the beginning of what I think is the first shared universe franchise. It's, th- it's definitely one of them. And I want to know if Marvel said, "Hey, Kevin Smith's <laughs> doing this thing." this is interesting, we could too. Like, Kevin Smith created a shared universe amongst his movies, <laughs> yeah. not intentionally, I think. I think he was like, I liked those characters. I'm going to just have them make yeah. an appearance in this movie. And he created a continuity amongst his films. Yeah. And, you know, they're called the VSQ universe, you know? So I always thought that, like... Cause so we, there was always, like, the kaiju movies that did that, where it would be, like... Oh, yeah, Ga- I guess there was, like, Godzilla a better and the There's, now. like... I guess Godzilla's the first I was trying to give Kevin Smith credit. No, but I don't know if they did it in the same way where it was just more like... Oh now Godzilla's versing like this other monster, oh. right? But I don't think they were like tying story. like references in between movies and stuff. And then the other exa- the only other example I can think of is the universal monsters, like Frankenstein, Dracula. And they the might Wolfman. fall into the same thing that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Too. Because I think they were just going for the hype of just like, oh Frankenstein versus, versus the Dra- Wolfman. Yeah, like that's exactly. awesome. That sounds cool as yeah. opposed to the reference to reference. It's just that's like a one shot movie where yeah. Clerks, like Mallrats references things that happen to yeah. Clerks, and then, you know, as they go. So Exactly, and I think the Universal Monsters ones might be a little bit more connected, but it just is kind of more of, like, a happenstance thing because of the history of those stories, right. and a lot of them taking place in, like, Eastern Europe, and they might reference each other a little bit more but i still think i agree that kevin smith was like the one to put more thought into it and like planning into like okay well i'm gonna reference this and all these characters are gonna come from the same like new jersey suburbs and yada 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 so yeah i definitely agree yeah awesome yeah all right so my next me yes uh kill bill Oh, I didn't even think of Kill Bill. I... Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Oh, so man. So, my problem with uh, adding Kill Bill <coughs> is that I realized every single one of Tarantino's movies are originals. <laughs> And I was like, my whole list could just be Tarantino films if I really wanted to. Yeah, that's a good point. But I decided I to kind of, it. I decided to kind of put it down to the fact that Kill Bill is my favorite of the Tarantino movies. Yeah. It always will be. Um, it's such a unique story. It's such a unique way of tackling a story like that, like showing you some live action stuff and then showing you that quick anime section in the middle, and then you know just the uniqueness of the spaghetti western yeah. with the martial arts film and like, like, it's so, it's it just. It's so violent and funny, and it makes you feel really good about it yourself when you're watching it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's... Yeah, it's such a great movie. It but. was it was a real breath of fresh air at the time. Like, what you were talking about, all that experimentation with, like, how to tell a story. Like, when that movie came out, it was just the perfect time for me in my life. Like, it was just so interesting, and like like I said, a breath of sm- fresh air, it was different than any other movie I would ever seen, and I loved it. Um So when I I had this discussion with my friends, which is actually what spawned the idea for this list, and we were trying to do only one and done, so like movies that didn't spawn a sequel and they still couldn't be based on something, and I said Kill Bill, and then the argument led into, well, Kill Bill doesn't count, and I was like, no, it does count, because it's two halves of one movie, but then they argued like it's actually two movies. You You can argue all you want that it's two movies, but... It's two halves of one movie. Yeah, and that's it it is. That's what I was saying. They released three months apart from each other because it was too long in length, and the and the studios made him cut it. Yeah. Instead of so he released it as two films. It's definitely the most borderline like one and done film. It is. It is the best way of like comparing it would be uh, the Grindhouse films. Grindhouse is one movie, but it's two movies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I get, yeah, it's, that's Planet, kind of Planet Terror and Death Proof are the two movies in the Grindhouse movie, and you watch both of them as... It's one movie, but it's... Yeah, I guess that's a good point. It is one movie, because there's... I know I've seen, like, there's, like, TV shows, like... Uh, there's, like, a uh, episode of Rocco's Modern Life where they're, like, all making... Like, Rocco makes his own cartoon, like, Rocco and his friends make a cartoon, and they show full episodes of the cartoon in that episode of Rocko's Modern Life. So the cartoon itself is only 30 seconds, but within that world, it's the full cartoon. So it's kind of the same thing where that's like a full piece of entertainment within another one. Oh, right. So like you still have to consider... That show one show it's one very, episode. It's very show, meta. <laughs> that's very, what I'm saying. It's very meta. Yeah, and I'm yeah. using '90s uh, animated series to yeah. uh, prove the point, which <laughs> might be lost on some people, yeah. but whatever. Um, at the end of the day, I'm going to recommend Tarantino all the time, and just say you should always check out the Tarantino movies when they come. But I'm highly going to recommend Kill Bill. It's my favorite of the Tarantino okay. films. So um, it's such a unique my story. My, uh, my favorite Tarantino film is the scene he directed in Sin City. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I actually don't know which scene that was. But I'm I know not sure. Which, I know he did too, yeah. and I'm not entirely sure which scene it was either. So, um, But yeah, no, Kill Bill was my pick for that next one. So uh, Awesome. You're go, man. I wish I would have picked that. So this is where I start getting into really big franchises. Uh, the next one I'm going to talk about is The Matrix, which uh, came out not super close to Kill Bill, but they're a couple years apart. But I think The Matrix... Um, I mean, as far as I know, and I tried to. This, research by the it way, and we're and, long enough into the show where we're going to start talking about movies.
1: And from we've other lists it, that we've talked about. Yeah, we've about. talked like, about it a lot.
0: But this is one that, and I don't. That's why I don't want to talk too much about it. But this is one that I tried to research it, and I'm. I, as far as I know, it's not based on anything. No, like it, it's kind of it's inspired by so many different things, but it's not based on one specific thing. it's Yeah, kind of this with all the philosophy, religious that, stuff, because you know, yeah, like the but, Nebuchadnezzar is a reference to the Bible be, uh, that no one's going to notice because yeah. of how deep cut it is. That kind of you know that kind of stuff. So. But e- but even that, even like past that, they've got like you know like Ghost in the Shell and like other like animes and like a whole wealth of like cyberpunk literature that influenced this movie and stuff but it's really like i kind of see it in a similar way to kill bill the wachowskis took like a lot of really interesting philosophies that they loved as well as just influences and put it all together and made this original film that was amazing and uh reshaped the way everyone looked at the world until the sequels came out (laughs) <laughs> for sure <laughs> and it defi- it definitely influenced uh action movies and sci-fi movies that we're still seeing that influence till today. We still see bullet time in these movies. We still maybe not so much anymore with the costume and like kind of art direction of the Matrix, but after it came out every movie was trying to ape that style. Yeah. Um and so it's really awesome. So And we have Matrix 4 coming. And uh, apparently uh, they're looking to cast young neo and young Morpheus. I don't know why we'd want to see younger versions of those characters um, <laughs> Morpheus could be cool <laughs> like if it's Morpheus's backstory but Neo I don't see how he would come into play at all like you know, I, I know that's the thing like I don't know how any of this would, uh, if you're gonna show younger if you're gonna go that far back I don't think that matters but yeah. we'll see I just saw a report that read that so um. So, is that all you have on The Matrix right now? Just because, I mean, we've talked about it before. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because the next one, we've talked about before. So, okay. Um, for my pick, Back to the Future. Okay. Yeah. Right um, They, it, something I love, though, about Back to the Future, I mean, we've talked about how it's just an amazing time travel movie. It's super tight in its storytelling. There's, there are, As far as I can tell, there are no plot holes. Um, like, they were just so careful about what they were writing. But what I think is really cool is that the movie was written as a trilogy but they only made the original one because they didn't know if they were going to make the money to make the other movies so they wrote all three together and then just made the one movie in hopes that it, you know what if this succeeds great if it doesn't no big deal but if it does and they want us to make more we have these two scripts in the can over here but it was an original idea all together by itself like here's yeah. what we're going to do we're going to tell a time travel story and we're going to make it the most amazing time travel story ever and um I think it's funny that because since Endgame, there's been a lot of time travel jokes about Back to the Future. Like, from Endgame, a book I was reading, like, there's just a lot of jokes. Yeah. I want... I I know people who've never seen Back to the Future, okay? And with all those jokes, I don't want those jokes to diminish how good Back to the Future is as a film. And... Um, and that, that is a little bit of my concern because you have, like, you know, um, Tony Stark saying, he's like, you're not basing your whole time travel plan on Back to the Future. And, you know, Ant Man's <laughs> like, no, that'd be ridiculous. And he goes, yes, because it's ridiculous. I don't want people to think Back to the Future is ridiculous at all. Yeah. Back to the Future's created rules. And when people talk about time travel, that's the time travel everyone tends to reference. Yeah, because it's so absolutely. easy to understand it's so easy to explain and you're just like oh that's how that worked you know mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> i'd um, agree with that i and i i understand like you want people to be reverent towards the towards uh the back to the future films because of how good they are how well thought out they are and it's like i don't know i just part of me was thinking <laughs> it's kind of funny but like in office space they like I know they, like, were kind of, kind of like, reverent towards Superman 3 in kind of a way, when they're <laughs> like, it's like Superman 3, that's what we're doing, you know, and everybody took it seriously, but, and then in Endgame, they don't take Back to the Future seriously, but, like, honestly, Back to the Future is way better of a movie than right. Superman 3, so right. <laughs> it's a little bit backwards when you look at yeah. it that way, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, okay, so yeah, Back to the Future. We've yeah. talked about it many times, I just it's it the fat the originality of it is the reason we're talking about it today um and that's the whole point of this list and it's not based on anything and it's just it was someone had an idea to tell a time travel story and it's probably one of the best time travel stories out there yeah so um which I was happy to see in Stranger Things in the theater when they were had the, the Dustin and Erica had to go into the theater and (laughs) <laughs> they had to watch a couple sections of back to the future. Yeah, <laughs> so. and I am kind of curious if they just put it in there to put it in there like the back to the future thing. There is the argument There's the argument is timeline that would make sense if people were watching back to the future. I also wondered if back to the future was in the show because there was some reference that I did not necessarily see. You maybe know what I mean like maybe there's a time travel aspect that we were supposed to catch or maybe there was some other reference in back to the future that is a reference to what's coming. Or what was in the show at the time that. You know what I mean? Like, like there's a reason this is here because these guys put things in places because I've, of reasons. Yeah, I bet you're right. No, that's <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> probably true. Okay, so speaking of massive franchises, and I hope, because you know a lot more about this than me, and I hope you don't have any way of shutting me down, but I wanted to choose uh, Star Wars A New Hope as my next pick. Dude, no. no, <laughs> Star Wars is actually my last. That's the one I okay, That was the I'm one I was saving to the end to talk about. That. And I know, like, with you especially, like, Star Wars is usually going to probably be at the end, and there's a reason why... I saved a different pick for last. Oh, that's totally fine. But, um, yeah, this is, like, obviously, like, this is George Lucas doing his thing. And it's, you know, like Kill Bill or The Matrix, like we were talking about, it's influenced by a lot of things. Like, he pulled influences from all over the place. But he made a very unique, um, very spectacular story that he put out there that, that forever no changed one, everything. That you know, no one thought was going to succeed. That's a good point, too. Everyone thought it was going to fail. Including George, including the people that made it, including the film studios. No one believed in this movie. Including most of his filmmaker friends that he showed the movie Yeah, and they were all like, what? Like, none of his friends got it. They're like, what is this? And then the movie releases, and the world went, this is the most amazing (laughs) thing ever. And then everyone started, and then the film people started dissecting the movie and realized, how did he do this? Oh yeah! And then it rewrote the book on it rewrote the book on special effects. It rewrote the book on everything. Mm-hmm. Star Wars legitimately changed the face of how movies are made. Absolutely. Period. Going forward, um, there is a time. I like to think. I know. I I, I I love some old classic movies like Casablanca and stuff. But there is a time that I like to think that film began with Star Wars. So, <laughs> right <laughs> Like on, that. Yeah. Like that was year zero. You know like the A D B C, all that nonsense you know um yeah i mean star wars is year zero i mean you could break it into like this sort of bc ad like way right. of measuring film or something right. and, it and, true, it's, like, and it's mostly because of the special effects thing i say that like we don't get we don't get to end game if star wars didn't exist yeah absolutely so. and it's kind of cool like to think about this is a bit of a tangent but just thinking about film in that way because every so many years there's a film that comes out like the star wars like the matrix like pulp fiction like there's a lot of movies that will change the way that people just approach film and i like say pulp fiction because that i feel like is one of those movies that it came out and people started looking at different ways to just film a movie just based on cinematography like oh i never thought of using that angle for a camera before and then everybody completely changes the changes how they do movies or you know like in with star wars it's like Oh, man, you can do that with special effects, and then it changes everything. And there's, like, so many examples, and I do love those touchstones, and I feel like in the history of film, like, Star Wars is the biggest, like, touchstone of all, you know, at least that there's been so far. I understand that box office-wise, Marvel has probably made more than Star Wars. Which is crazy. And, well, I'm not entirely sure if that's the that's correct if we were to take if I'd have to see if we could I'm gonna have to do some digging. maybe I'll look it up this for next week if there's a way to compare franchises because if you increase inflation, if you do ticket sales by inflation and just look at Star Wars versus Marvel, yeah, would who would be on top for box office dollars? There's a chance it's Marvel, but I'm gonna tell you this. Marvel has only existed for 10 years. Ish, maybe eleven at this point. Star Wars has been around for forty plus years, and it's not stopped. There's been a point in the '80s where Star Wars went to a, um, what we like to refer to as the dark times, mm-hmm. and you know there was no Star Wars. There was like some books coming out that everyone was like, "Oh, well, the next Star Wars novel," and yeah. maybe some comic books, but that was about it. There was no Star Wars, and then twenty, and then you know, at the dark times ended when the prequels came out. Everyone, went, yeah, more Star Wars and. Then there was some negativity and all that stuff. But here's the catch. It never stopped. And every time a Star Wars movie comes out, it becomes an event. And it becomes a you have to have your butt in the seat. You have to see it in the theater. It becomes an experience. It's not a watch at home with the family. I mean, yeah, that's what you're going to want to do. But it's an experience that you have to yeah. go to. And because of that, because of how big it's gotten um, with Star Wars Celebration and like the Clone Wars, we've got the Mandalorian coming... None of that's possible if this original film did not exist that no one believed in. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why Star Wars was my last pick. And I'm like, when you brought up this list, I'm like, Star Wars is the number one original film. And here's something that's interesting is a lot of people don't know that Star Wars, the original six films, are all independent movies. Yeah. Star Wars, the first movie was made by George by himself, and he got Fox to back it for the release. Star Wars paid for Empire. Empire paid for *Return of the Jedi*, and then the re-release of the special editions paid for Episode One. Episode One paid for Two. Two paid for Three. But they were not made by studios because George is his own studio. He became an independent. He, he was an independent filmmaker for his entire career. So, the movies now are studio films because of Disney. But yeah, um, the original six are the most successful independent films ever, and. It shows, and I think it's an inspiring thing because, like, regardless of how you feel about the series as a whole or the prequels or whatever, like, George Lucas created—and no pun intended—but created his own empire where he could do whatever he want. As like, and as like an aspiring creator, that is just so cool to me to see right. like somebody do that and somebody do it on such a large scale. Yeah. You know? And if you wanna, and I'll say this, and then we'll go to your final pick of the night. Um, if you wanna see. There's a documentary called *The Empire of Dreams*. If you have, if you own the DVD versions of the special editions, it's in that set. From back, it released, it released early 2000s. They released the DVD special editions. Yeah, it's in that set. If you don't own those and you don't have a copy of *Empire of Dreams*, it's streaming on Amazon Prime Video right now. Um, but it is, it's like a three-hour documentary on the creation of *Star Wars*, but. It's really a documentary about the creation of Lucasfilm and if you and when I say no one believed that this movie would be a thing no one yeah. believed that it would work it covers all of that it's, I, it's it's one of my favorite film documentaries mostly because of the story that it's telling I feel like I've seen that one and I don't because I've seen I think I, I saw that specific one you're talking about because I think is that the one where they interview like different directors and they talk about when George had his first screening yeah and it almost seemed like, And I don't know if this is, like, Steven Spielberg, like, retroacting, or, sorry, I'm having trouble talking, but Steven Spielberg retroactively saying, like, saying he was, like, kind of in support of it, but... It made it seem like Steven Spielberg was the only one who was kind of on board with it from the get-go. Yeah, and like everybody else was like Where he's what the like, where he, you what he doing was just really know. interested in what his friend was doing. Let's let's see where this is going. Yeah. Like, what is this? Like I'm I you have this guy, he looks cool, like yeah. I, I buy it so far, but like, you know, so And then I also thought it was funny is a lot of those doubters, like the studio and like his film uh school buddies and stuff who doubted that this film was gonna be successful at all. Saw like early screenings of the film without the John Williams score in it, and it was right. just like that. Would, I mean, obviously, that would take so much that away. Would, like, the score would... adds so much to that movie, so yeah. it's just really interesting. So, yeah. I'd actually like to see one of those early cuts in the movies just because I'm curious because I know stuff has changed since. Watch it as like a silent film or whatever, yeah, or no, you or I guess uh, scoreless. scoreless film, yeah. film, I think it would be interesting, but <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so uh. That was my final pick of the night. There was no awesome. way I wasn't talking about Star Wars when we So then we're going into you know, my final and then final. you have one more? No. Or, no oh that was your, Oh okay, that that's was awesome. My final. So we kind of met, okay. Sorry, I lost Rematch, track, but uh Okay. Which I so, didn't think we were gonna match. So I originally wanted to do this list as one and done films, but it is very hard to find movies that just have one version of them no sequels no remakes or anything that's what made this list and, uh, yeah and this is one that when i was talking to my friends about this this movie actually came up and i actually thought it was based on something but it turns out it's not and that film is the fifth element wow so this is a movie that came out it's like an awesome epic sci-fi movie it's like entertainment value through the roof I definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it really iconic character design great movie not a movie we've uh, talked about before either that's very weird Um, (laughs) but this is a movie that uh, because the movie Valerian came out recently it did and uh, and I actually um, it was on TV the other day and I watched like the opening of it and I had to turn it off and there was some there was a lot of negative like criticism about Valerian but I was like totally like yeah. sucked in like yeah. what I was watching, and I'm like, I don't <laughs> want to turn this off right now. Yeah, <laughs> go away. I gotta. Yeah, I, go actually, I actually haven't seen Valerian yet, but I remember before I watched it came the first out, twenty minutes, and then I was like just engrossed. I'm like, yes, what's happening next? <laughs> what is this? Um, like super into it, and then yeah, All right. Valerian was. Uh, but when I remember when Valerian was coming out, <laughs> there's a lot of hype around it because people thought it was a Fifth Element sequel. Yeah, and then not. and then I started looking into it, and it's. No, it's based on uh, these French comic books uh, that that are called Valerian, and uh, I thought that I read that the Fifth Element's actually based on those those comic books. So when my friend said, "Oh yeah, my fifth, the Fifth Element is my favorite like non-franchise like single form of entertainment," and I was like, "I don't know if that's true," but I researched it more and I found out the Fifth Element is its own original original story, like it's its own thing. And uh, what happened is the guy who wrote it was a big fan of the valerian comics and those comics definitely have a huge influence on the movie but it's still not connected like it's its own unique story but what's even cooler is the writer of this movie then tapped uh into that artist that specific comic artist who did the valerian comics and he said hey come be a concept artist for this movie i'm doing and then he also asked uh mobius who's like you know really famous french comic artist has done a ton of stuff on, uh, like if you've ever seen any comics from Heavy Metal magazine, yep. you've probably seen Mobius's work. Like he's super famous. These are probably like two of the biggest like kids European... magazines were these things back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but these are like two of the biggest like European sci-fi artists, you know that yep. he tapped into. And those two artists went to work on The Fifth Element, and they kind of created the whole universe around it, around this, like, cool story that the guy made. And they just went and made this big-budget, really spectacular-looking movie. And I, it's one of those things where, would this movie get made nowadays? Like, maybe not. Maybe, maybe studios not. wouldn't yeah. take the I risk don't on think, it. But I, studios, I don't think, would take the risk on this movie at all because we live in a post-Avengers world. Yeah. But uh, I just thought it was really cool when I realized, like, The Fifth Element is a one-and-done its own story and it has kind of a cool unique background to it and it's just kind of cool that like that's why i kind of like kept that as like the top of my list or the heart of my list because i just thought that was like cool little touchstone so i don't know if you have any thoughts on the movie i didn't say necessarily the fifth element is a like um it's i i feel like the best way of describing it would be Die Hard in space just because it's oh yeah just because it's bruce willis um but uh, I mean, it essentially takes place in a hotel. I guess you would say, and like, yeah, there's like he's fighting off like the terrorists. the first half of the stuff, movie and... is all mystery and intrigue, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. And then at the end of the movie is all Die Hard in space, right? <laughs> in and and I was trying to think like the very end, like what would that be like Stargate esque, essentially, yeah, or like something weird? It I don't definitely know. <laughs> drew inspiration from a lot of different things, and they're just like, hey, Bruce Willis, we got this thing. We're gonna do Die Hard in space. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah. Gary Oldman's in the movie, and he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just... It's just a unique movie to watch, and, like, the visuals, the creatures, the costuming, the the world... The world-building is what I think um, fascinated me the most when I saw this movie. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's weird. It's a weird it's, movie. It is a weird and it's movie. And like, it's weird in a good way, But it's, so. it's weird in a good way, and it is very fun and exciting. Um, Chris Tucker's... Fantastic in the movie <laughs> yeah it's uh, it, it was the first movie I saw Mila Jovovich in too same here like, yeah, yeah, I didn't feel here. like I, it might have launched her career a little bit oh uh, it definitely launched yeah. her career so yeah so the fifth element yeah for sure <laughs> um, so that's the end of the list yeah for the night. alright um, so next week uh, I was thinking um, that we haven't done an actor in a really long okay. time Like, we haven't discussed an actor's uh, stuff in a very, very long time, so I thought it'd be kind of cool to do one, and I was trying to think of an actor to do, and then in conversations with people, I thought this would be kind of fun. And when I say conversations, uh, our friend Mary Liz was on for the Disney stuff, and then she covered for you one week, and then Mm -hmm. we actually almost did an actor, and she was like, shoot, I haven't haven't seen enough of that person's movies to really discuss. Okay. So we're going to use that person, but the only reason I'm picking this is because Zombieland 2 is about to release, or has released... It's like coming real quick and we're in the month of October now so it's Halloween week. But I was like, "Zombieland Two's coming. This is awesome. So we're gonna do Emma Stone movies." Okay, okay. Uh, I thought you were gonna go Woody Harrelson. I thought I about Woody Harrelson done. too, but I was like, I saw there was the, there's something in the trailer that Emma Stone did that really made me laugh, and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? We're gonna do Emma Stone movies." Okay, cool. So um, I can think of two of mine for sure right off the. I'm gonna end, have so. to. I'm gonna have to look at our list, but I just thought it'd be cool just because we haven't done an actor in a while. We can do hit Woody Harrelson later on for <laughs> sure because yeah. I have. That, I think that would be a hard list for me to do because I really like Woody Harrelson. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so we'll do uh, Emma Stone, and then um, it'll be your pick after that. Sweet. Um, and we're getting real close to our Halloween episode. Um, we haven't decided what list we're going to do for Halloween yet, so um, Peter and I are going to have to talk about that offline, and uh, we'll go from there. So Right on. So, yeah. All right. So, if you will, uh, check out um, our website, topfivereport.com, There you'll find links to all of our social media, including our link, uh, Twitter and Facebook. It'll also include our link to uh, our email, topfivereport@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you want to interact with the show, find us on any of those three areas. You can find us at um, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Um, You can subscribe to us because if you do, uh, you won't miss a single episode. And uh, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, We love the five stars, but I also understand criticism and it helps us get better. Um, And it makes the words we say feel important. Um, So uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre, and that's where I will be spreading the news that Venom is now in the MCU. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, everyone, for the top five report, uh, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And have a good night. Thank you for listening.